Good morning. We're on uh, 35A, Lamed Hay Ahmed Aleph. Um, we're on the, the middle of the page, basically. I think it's 13 lines up but from before the lines get a bit wider, so in the narrow lines. Um, the last word on the line is Ashkechan, and that's where we're starting. And we're in the middle of trying to find a source that we make blessings before and after every single type of food. So we we did is we just found a source that we make blessings before and after we eat grapes or the product of a vineyard. Um, so now we're going to talk about, so we know that we make blessings in that case, but what about all other foods? Okay, Ashkechan Karim. We found a source that you have to make a blessing before and after you eat something from a vineyard. Sha'ar mina minayin, but from where do you know you make a blessing before and after other species as well? So we answered the Yalif Mi Karim, we can learn it out from the fruits of a vineyard. Ma Karim in the case of a vineyard, it's something that you benefit from when eating it and therefore requires a blessing. So so we can learn from there that any time that you're benefiting from something in this physical world, you need to make a blessing. But then we have a question on that. There is to refute this um, this learning, this lesson, because perhaps we would say that you cannot learn to other species from the vineyard because the vineyard has a specific rule that doesn't apply to other species. And that specific rule is called ololos. And that means that grape clusters that didn't develop completely, you must leave those for the poor instead of harvesting them. Um, so that we, and that's a rule that applies only to vineyards and not other species. So maybe we would say that just like it's unique in that way, that it has this rule of ololos, so too is it unique in that it requires a blessing before and after, and you cannot learn from there to other species. But then we answer, Well, then why don't we learn from grain? Because we know for grain, um, we know from a separate source that it requires a blessing before and after eating. So why don't we learn from there and say, just like over there, you're benefiting and therefore you need a blessing before and after. So to any species before you eat it and after you eat it, you should require a blessing. So then we answer, no, malakama shekein chayeves bechala. Grain is different because it's obligated in chala, meaning when you are going to be um, making your grain into to bread, or into some sort of dough, you have to separate a certain amount for the Kohen. And this actually applies till this day. Um, so we see that a specific rule applies to grain products. And then we would say that, um, and by the way, that separated dough is called challah, the source of our word challah for bread. Um, but what we would say is, is that case is unique, bread, grain is unique in that it requires you to separate challah. So maybe we would say, just like it's unique in that way, so too is it unique in the fact that you need to make a blessing before and after eating it. And we cannot learn from there to other species. But then we say, Well, then you can go back to saying that the vineyard will prove it. But then we had the question that a vineyard maybe is unique. And then the argument would repeat. And what we would conclude is, um, we would end up concluding that the nature of this one is not like the nature of this one, and the nature of this one is not like the nature of this one, meaning that both grain and vineyards have a uniqueness to them. 
However, however, there is a there is a common denominator between them, and what is that? Both of those are things that you get benefit from, and therefore you make a blessing before and after. So learn from that common denominator, and apply it everywhere else as well. That if you're getting benefit from it and you're eating it, uh, any species, you need to make a blessing before and after. But then we say, wait a minute. So you went straight to a common denominator that you get benefit from it and therefore it needs a blessing. But there's a different common denominator, and then you can learn that out to every other species. But there's a different common denominator that does not apply to every other species. And what is that? It's that there is a facet of them when it comes to, that they apply to the altar. In other words, both grapes and grain are brought in onto the altar as sacrifices in certain manners. There's a wine libation from grapes, and there's a a mincha, the flower, um, a flower offering from obviously from grains. So we would basically say that we have a common denominator in that in in that area of being both of them going onto the altar, and we would say that that's what they share in common. And you cannot learn from them too to anywhere else to other species when it comes to a blessing because they care share a unique common denominator. And then we just interject the asanami zayis the ispeit samis beach. Obviously, the obviously if a product also if another product is brought on the altar, then you could learn from them. So we add is is that an olive, because it also has is offered on the altar in the form of. Um, uh, in, in the form of oil, so uh, therefore we can learn to the olive that it requires a blessing before and after, just like the grain and the grapes and the vineyards, the product of the vineyard um, that share that common denominator. So we just interjected that, but when it comes down to it, we cannot learn from there to anywhere else. Now we're just gonna uh, go on a tangent about olives for a minute. The zayas mitzamis beachasi. Are you gonna tell me? That you know, that you learn that a olive needs a blessing before and after because it shares the common denominator with a grape and with a grain that it goes onto the altar. The It doesn't it clearly state in the context of olives, it uses the word vineyard. So that should be enough because we know that the product of a vineyard requires the blessing. So we would basically say that we see that olives are called, that an olive... An olive field is called a vineyard, and therefore, obviously, it would require a blessing as well. as the verse tells us, and he burned from the piles of wheat until the standing grain, and until the vineyard of the olives. So we see that very clearly. So Amr Papa, Papa said, no, the olive vineyard is different. Kerem zayis ikri, kerem stamalo ikri. An olive field is called a olive yard or an olive vineyard whereas it's not just called a vineyard on its own so it's not referred to as the same way as the the grape field is referred to which is a vineyard it's not referred to as a vineyard it's referred to as an olive vineyard and therefore you cannot learn from one to the other just because of a similar wording in it because the wording is ultimately different but now so, so therefore, we learn about the olive from the common denominator of it being on the altar. But now we have a question. Let's go back to the question. Mikol makom kashe. Right. So now that we have to go back to the original question, 
Mikol Makom Kasha, nonetheless, we have a question. That there's a common denominator between grain and and um, and wine or grapes that they're brought on the altar, and therefore you cannot learn from them to any other species, which then means how do we know about other species that they require a blessing before and after? Rather, it must be we can learn it out from the seven grains of Israel, the seven unique grains of the land of Israel. We could say just like the seven species are something you get benefit from when eating and therefore require blessings. So we can learn from there to anything that you get benefit from while eating that it would require a blessing. Um, because they're just, just so we understand, there's a specific verse when it comes to the seven species that says you need to make a blessing. So now we're going to say that maybe that that's not a good source. Number one, how can you learn out from the seven species? They have something specific. They have something unique about them, which is the fact that you need to bring Bikurim from them, which is the first fruits of your seven species need to be brought to the temple in Jerusalem. And then we would say that just like it's unique in that way, perhaps it's also unique in that you need to say blessings before eating them. And we cannot learn from there to other cases. The ode, and then we have a further question. Even if you could learn from the seven species, we only know about the seven species that they need a blessing after you eat them. And where would you know that you need a blessing beforehand? So we're going to answer the second question first. That second question is not a question. We're going to say the same kalvachomer, the same logical argument that we said earlier. Um, if you make a blessing when you're already full, then all the more so than you would have to say a blessing while you're still hungry, while you're hungry, which is before you eat. But now we still have the first question left that you can't learn from the seven species because they are required to bring Bikurim, and they're unique in that way. And then we have another question. And even according to the one that taught um, that it's not just, that it's Neta Revai, not Karim Revai, which if you remember going back, that uh, there was a dispute as to which produce in its fourth year of growth needs to be brought to Jerusalem to eat. One said that only vineyards, and one said all species. Now, if you said all species, then you would have an extra reading, an extra lesson available to teach you that um, that you require a blessing before and after in the case of other species as well, in the case of all species. But even then, that's fine. That would make sense then by anything that's planted. Because that's what the verse is talking about. Um, so, of course, that would be trees and bushes and all those types of things. Then you would need a blessing before and after. The lav barnatia, but something that's not planted. Kigon basar, and vidagim, such as meat and eggs and fish. Minole, even then, where do you know that you require a blessing before and after? So, basically, we've come to this... We've come to this brick wall as to having a source for where you... From where do we know that you need a blessing before and after you eat anything? Allah Savaru, who rather it must be that we don't have a perfect source for it, but it's just based on logic. And the logic is, It is prohibited for a person 
to benefit from this world without a blessing. Right? And the idea basically being is that someone is giving this to us, God is giving to this to us, and just like we say thank you when somebody does, does something for us, then of course we need to say thank you to God as well. It's a very logical point. Alright, now we're going to um, now we're going to discuss more about on this topic. The rabbis taught, it is prohibited for a person to get benefit from this world without a blessing. And anyone that does benefit from this world without first saying a blessing, ma'al, it's as if you did mi'ila. Mi'ila is improper use of consecrated items. You're basically stealing from God. Ma'itakante, what is the remedy of for somebody who did not say a blessing? He should go to a wise person. Why would you go to a wise person for not saying a blessing before you ate? How is that helpful? My What exactly is the wise person going to do to help him remedy the situation? He already did the transgression. Rather, what the meaning of this is, is you should go, initially you should go, before eating, you should go to a sage. And he will teach you all of the blessings so then you never mess up going forward. And that way you'll never come to doing me'ila, to um, using consecrated property inappropriately. Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel. Um, by the way, we're at the last, second to last line on the page. Anybody that benefits from this world without a blessing, it's as if they got... It's as if they um, benefited from the consecrated of the heavens. Shinemar, as the verse says, to God is the world and its fullness. So the whole world belongs to God. So if we take from God, if we take from the world without first blessing, it's as if we're taking right from God. Rabbi Levi Rami. Now Rabbi Levi shows us an interesting contradiction. Ksiv. In one verse it says, to God is the earth in its fullness. And then in another verse it says, Hashemayim Shemayim Lashem, the heavens are the heavens of God. The whereas the land was given to humankind. So which one is it? Does the earth belong to God or does the earth belong to humankind? So we say Lokasha, it's not a question. It's not a contradiction. Kam Kodem Bracha, the verse that says that it belongs to God is before we make a blessing. Kam Achar Bracha, whereas the verse that says it belongs to man or humankind is the verse that is after the bless is the verse that tell, is, speaks to us after we make a blessing then it becomes ours bar papa so now we're on the first line on 35b rabbinina bar papa said anybody that benefits from this world without saying a blessing it's as if you stole um, from god and the assembly of Israel because God will you know will will the the stealing from God impacts all of the Jewish people um Shinemar, as the verse says it says somebody who robs his father or mother and then says I have done nothing wrong is a companion to a destructive person 
When it talks about the father and mother, that is a reference to God. It says about God that it's Hashem, that is He not your father and your master. When it says mother, that's Knesset Yisrael, that's a reference to the entirety of the Jewish people. Shinemar, as the verse says, Shema b'ni Musar avicha, listen to the discipline of your father, Va'al Titosh, and do not leave Torah Simecha, the Torah of your mother. <coughs> or in other words, the Torah of the Jewish nation. And then furthermore, it says, it says that the person that steals from one's father and one's mother, so the God and the Jewish people, um, is a chaver, is a companion of a destructive person. What does that mean? My What does that mean that you're a companion of a destruction person? said, You become a friend of Yeravam ben Nevat, who was the first king of the separated kingdom of Israel. who destroyed um, the Jewish people's connection with their father in heaven. Um, it's a bit of a longer story, but he basically forbade people in his kingdom from going to the temple and instead guided them to um, a different type of temple where there were golden calves. So we'll stop here um, for today. And we talked a lot about the blessings before and after we eat.